thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. We've got the mountains and hills for company. Got the clouds and the storms and a billion stars to see. We've got the rain and streams and rivers and the sea. And with the children running round us, it's heaven all for free. It's heaven all for free. Right here and right now It happens all around us No one knows how It may take a million years To build the house of God We can start right here We can start right now We can start right here We can start right now. The Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series. Episode number 127, Paranoia. After Abby had placed the map stick in what Tuck called an oversized safety deposit box, she repackaged the rolled blanket, surrounded by a few garden tools, and tied it with a piece of clothesline. Her plan was to allow the stalker to see her carry out of the church the same odd item that she had carried in. Tuck walked her back up to the side door. Oh, by the way, check with Janet in the office. She has a note from Glenda for you. Uh, Also, I'd like to meet with you tomorrow before the youth council meeting. Say, about five. I'll have time then. Anything else for now? Well, first a warning. I can't use a cell phone, and you should be very careful with any phone. Doctor's orders. Hmm. I didn't think it was that bad yet. I I hear you, but I'll need to know more. I have a question. If I have a choice between working at the preschool or at the coffee shop, which one should I take? (laughs) The preschool? No question about it. That's what I thought. Abby carried her bundle back across the churchyard to the cottage, casting a casual glance across the street. She saw a familiar stalker on the bench in front of the Middletown Standard office. Stopping in front of the cottage in full view of the street, she unpacked her bundle and stored the tools and the blanket in the shed. Avoiding another look across the street, she walked back to the church office, picked up an envelope with her name on it, and returned Her key in the cottage front door turned smoothly just as before.
There was no sign that anyone had tampered with the lock. Inside, everything appeared normal. She checked her books, her clothes, her drawings of the garden plan, the cabinets. Nothing seemed strange. She was thinking. What a surprise. Maybe I've been a bit paranoid overdoing this whole thing. Is that stalker on the bench really one of the same men? I, I can't be sure. They all seem like adults over 30. They wear sports jackets even on hot days. And they don't talk to anyone. They look like they work at Hickory Securities. But I've never actually seen one of them go there. But I, I can't be sure. Abby opened the envelope, feeling as if her fate would be written on the paper inside. Hi, Abby. The interview with Rose and Rob is on for 6.30. Come to my house by 5. Bring whatever idea and resume you have. Tiny and I will go with you to the preschool. See you soon. Glenda. Resume? I don't have any resume or even a computer to type it on. I'll go to Glenda's and type something there. It's not as if there's much to say. Making her plans, Abby continued to inspect the cottage for any sign of intruders. She couldn't quite believe her intuition had been so far off base. The lock on the kitchen window was closed. She checked the two other windows, but nothing appeared unusual. She even checked the tiny bathroom with a window too small for a normal man to climb through. Still nothing. She checked the small room at the back that extended toward the churchyard wall. The window looked right out on the stone wall only 10 feet away. It was locked as before but she noticed a faint smudge on the windowsill. It had probably been there before. Normally, she would never have noticed it. But to make sure, she checked the floor nearby and saw a faint, thin, brown line, only visible because it was dark against the pale plywood floor. She touched it and found a trace of dirt on her finger. She rubbed it and felt a hint of moisture. It was definitely not dust. <sighs> I can't deal with this. Now I'm all hyped up, heart beating fast. I thought I was over these spells of panic. But if there's any more evidence, I will find it. She crawled to the kitchen and found another line curved like the side of a shoe. Of course, it rained last night. Let me check that window again. It's locked. Looks normal. But isn't that a scratch? That thin line of white on the dark metal of the lock? But what good would that do anyone? Pressure there would only close the lock. Hmm... So let me open the lock. And yes, another scratch. Pressure there would open the lock, but how would they do it? 
Her eye was caught by a minute irregularity in the glass. An inch or two away, there seemed to be a microscopic hole coming through the glass at a tight angle toward the lock. She looked in a cabinet and found a pin and scratched about on the glass. The point held. Rubbing the area with her finger, she could feel it. She forced the pin into the hole, and a few tiny cracks radiated out maybe half an inch. Yes, definitely a tiny hole. From straight ahead, you can't see it. Something smaller than this pin went through that hole. It made those scratches and opened and closed the lock. So much for me being paranoid. I'm not paranoid enough. What else did they do in here? I've already searched the house. My heart is galloping. I'm ready to pop. I've got to get out of here. She pushed herself out the door and tried to work off energy with the most obvious job she could find, moving the potted plants and trays to the spots she had chosen for them. All these sites, in the vegetable garden and the flower garden in the front, were prepared with the dark humus hoed into the topsoil. But Abby couldn't concentrate. She was thinking. This isn't the Connolly brothers or some local people doing this. These are strangers, professionals. And Sonny and Junior already know it. That's why they made the phone rules. I can't work. What do I do now? She walked back to the cottage, but Tuck appeared at the side door and called her. She followed him up to his office. Uh, Give me a few minutes. Sorry to interrupt you. I I won't keep you long. It's just that Janet told me that George came by the office maybe half an hour ago asking to see you. Since I'd left Janet with instructions not to allow visitors, he left you this note. I know it's an awkward situation for all of us, but it's probably a bad idea to have your friends dropping by at any hour of the day to visit. I hate to impose on you this way, but you should avoid having guests, and you do need your own phone. If it's a question of money, I'd be happy to help. I've got an idea. Come over here for a minute. See that man on the bench there, in front of the standard office? If you get real close to the window, you can get a good look. Well, (laughs) there's a man there. Do you know him? Ever seen him before? No, but this is precisely why we don't want visitors. They're watching both of us. We've discussed this already. Right. But clearly these stalkers are not local people. They're hired professionals. Someone broke into my cottage last night in a very clever way and they could easily be eavesdropping on our phones, and even on your computer. Oh, I've been worried about the same thing. I've become very careful about what I say and do on my phone and computer, and on my landline. So why advise me to get a phone? You know I have information they want. Tuck sighed, put his hands in his pockets, and walked back to his chair. 
I hear you. A good point. I just didn't think they'd jump to such an extreme. Why do they care so much? Why should they care about where you are? Reverend Tuck, you know the answer. Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can't see My star no more My God no more These closing doors And I don't know what to say But my thoughts they won't play Like they used to in my mind And I sit here and sigh just wasting my time And it's all from my worst dream Dark vision that I have seen and it's always there At the corner of my eye Somewhere in my heart Somewhere in my Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can see My star no more My God no more These closing doors 